Welcome to the Lucas Baseball Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com. On today's show, we're going over our favorite waiver wire and FAP editions for the week. We have them broken into 12-team league, 15-team league, and an all-sized league. We will end the show with our Adam and Cottom segment. These available players based on our personal NFBC leagues. Joined, as always... By my co-host, Lucas Beery. And Lucas, we have a top pitching prospect, a hitter who has definitely hit the ground running at the dish, a rookie who threw a no-no, some veteran pitchers, players returning from the IL, and much, much more here on this episode. Yeah, last week, I know some people kind of dubbed it as a mini Favapalooza with just a flurry of call-ups and intriguing players to put some bids on. And some water was heavily put on those players with news coming out. Uh, This week, we're going to have a few players that are going to be of extreme interest picked up in some leagues, some leagues that are available. Going to discuss how much fab we're going to put down on them and if this is possibly one of the better uh, pickups of the year. So I'm excited to chop it up with you. Most definitely, my man. We'll start with the all-sized leagues. And just so everyone knows, this episode being recorded on Friday comes out Saturdays. Typically, we record Saturdays and they come out that same day, but this week on a Friday. But to starting pitcher, George Kirby from the Mariners, a top prospect in the organization. And once Matt Brash imploded at the big league level, the M's were a short one starter, decided to promote Kirby to the bigs. They had success doing so with former top prospect in Logan Gilbert a year ago. And so far, through one start, Kirby looks to be on that same path to success. Lucas, he pitches on Saturday versus the Mets in New York after throwing six shutout innings while striking out seven and walking none in his debut versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Kirby should be added in every league size and format because he's here to stay. Yes, he is. And the fantasy community is very reactionary when it comes to player performance. You know, if a guy steals a base or hits a home run over the weekend or does anything on a Sunday, the fab price is going to get amped up. I think with Kirby, there is a special potential here. And I think that irregardless of what happens on his start on Saturday, unless he just gets absolutely demolished, which I don't see happening. I think he's going to cost well over $250 to maybe $400 in some hyper-competitive leagues. But I watched his starts uh, last night to kind of get prepped, and the 98-mile-an-hour fastball obviously is extremely impressive. I knew that he had received an uptick in velocity, and he's known for his command and control. So seeing that velocity was really kind of eye-opening. And the fact that he was just able to hammer into the zone. Matt Brash's biggest issue was that he was way too cute, tried to – you know, spot things on the sides of the strike zone and just wasn't throwing enough strikes with Kirby against the Rays on his first start. He was just hammering into the zone, challenging batters, sometimes going outside of the zone whenever he was in control. But the fact that, you know, even if he hits, gives up a home run or two, uh, hammering into that zone to me tells me that he is going to have some success, even if it's not elite. Uh, But, you know, I think that there is potential for him to be the best addition of any pitcher but the uh, to sum it up, the velocity, uh, excellent breaking balls with his slider, and he flashed a curveball as well. And the fact that he's not afraid to attack the zone, I do think a two hundred fifty to three hundred dollar plus bid is certainly warranted if you're desperate for pitching. Certainly is, and I don't see him going for any less than eighty five or ninety. Um, even if some people don't bid a super high, I think the to be even 
competitive, you're going to need to go in that 85 to 90 range. Yeah, I certainly think so. And um, to have a, a feeling to. I don't know where you went, but um, you cut out for a moment. Either way, um, I, I would think that Kirby is going to probably go in that 250 to 300 range, kind of like you yeah. mentioned. So um, you're back now. It lost you for that moment. But uh, I think you're probably going to need that high bid to get him. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to yep. go as high as Josh Lowe went earlier in the season, but you might see that too. I think you could see him go for over 500. There is just so much hype around this kid. I mean, obviously he has really clean command, doesn't issue many walks, and seeing that velocity and the nice breaking balls. Um, the fact that he was just able to just tear into the zone and just really challenge hitters on a really good team was super promising. I'm with you there. First baseman slash outfielder Juan Yepes. A lot of managers picked him up last week whether it be on waivers and certainly on sunday fab but he still remains out there in more leagues than you'd expect now that he's getting outfield eligibility he becomes even more intriguing he's gone off to a scorching hot start obviously encouraging but the fact that he's batting in the middle of the cards lineup in the cleanup spot specifically makes him a pretty valuable asset yeah yeah this is a player that i will admit i was not uh keen on just didn't think that he had a spot to stick, but it looks like, you know, the Cardinals are demoting Paul DeJong, which was quite a surprise. I thought he'd have a bounce back year, but they're going to kind of demote him. And uh, it looks like Yepes is going to take over his roster spot with Edmundo Sosa factoring into the middle infield as well. Uh, with Yepes, um, I think you obviously have to pick him up and ride the hot hand, but I, I personally don't necessarily think he's going to be a huge difference maker. Could he be a nice contributor that gives some good RBIs and the occasional home run? Absolutely. But I don't really necessarily think he has huge impact talent per se. So last week I picked him up in some leagues and my bids were between 23 and 32. I have a feeling that if he has another homer or a few RBIs this weekend, he might need to spend 45 to 55, if not more than that. Yeah, I agree. I think the bidding is going to be exciting for Yepes, or very hyped up for Yepes. And, uh, you know, he's a good player. I think that he has a good bat, and he'll probably have a good career uh, over a span of probably 10-plus years. But, you know, I just – there's nothing really special in his profile. And if he struggles, obviously he's going to have a shorter leash since the Cardinals are a very competitive team with a lot of players on the roster that can take over his spot including Nolan Gorman, who is just awaiting that phone call any day now. Absolutely. Don't be surprised if he's on a show next week, even. Uh, <laughs> over to some 12-teamers. we got three players here. We'll start with starting pitcher Reed Detmers. And after how he pitched earlier in the week, it's time to scoop him up even in the shallower 12-team leagues. He's been inconsistent from start to start. And K per nine numbers aren't exactly lighting the world on fire. But this isn't just some random dude like a Spencer Turnbull or a Tyler Gilbert who throws a no-no out of nowhere. Detmers has been highly touted. The Angels have high expectations for him. And he really isn't in any jeopardy of losing a rotation spot anytime soon like many other young pitchers are. So at this point, if he's pitching well and he's on a team that is winning a lot of ball games and getting tons of runs and tons of run support, I think he needs to be owned even in those 12-teamers. 
Absolutely. I uh, I was pretty optimistic about Detmers before the season started because he had two breaking balls that were really nice, excellent curveball and a really good slider, so he can really spin the baseball. Funny enough, Lou, this tells you how humble we need to be. I, uh, I reluctantly kind of started him this week and received a no-hitter, but then in my 12-team leagues on the NFBC, I dropped Reed Detmers, so it just shows you. Just because the Tampa is such a tough matchup, but it just kind of shows you that uh, it is tough. It's a very challenging game, but I think he has a must-add because he is a uh, – he's forming in front of our eyes. He's learning how to pitch. He's figuring out what's going to work. He's trying to make the adjustments, and even though he doesn't have premium velocity, I think the fact that he is able to uh, use those breaking balls to his advantage and there are two different shapes with the slider and curveball – I think that there is a, a bit of optimism around uh, Detmers, and I do think he is must-add in all leagues outside of maybe a 10-team league. And, you know, what you said there, though, with your decisions on keeping in one league and using and cutting in the other kind of goes into why he is on this 12-team ads list. Because yes. in a 15-teamer, he's going to be owned. I don't know if you're using yeah. him always. I hope you used him this week. I know you did, obviously. You just <laughs> mentioned. Uh, but I, it, he, he needs to be picked up in those 12-teamers. And if I was you, I'm sure you've th- already thought about it. I'm sure you're on it. I'm sure you've already put in a bid. I'd look to re-grab him. I, I absolutely will. I'm not afraid to admit that I made a huge mistake. I mean, we make tons of mistakes every single year. We just hope that we make a lot more good moves. And you know, Hey, it's like real-life baseball. If you're right even 30% of the time, you're probably in good shape. Absolutely. But it's funny, though, how nervous I was for that raise start just because they were – you know, they've they've really done some damage against lefties, but it just kind of shows you how on Detmers was. Now, is he going to have some crap games? Absolutely. The kid's 22 years old. It's his first true full season in the MLB, but I think the upside is there. He can certainly learn on the fly and uh, absolute must add. All right. One more guy here. Actually, two more guys here for the 12 yeah. teamers. Starting pitcher Nick Pavetta got off to a horrible start this season, was dropped in many leagues and formats because of it. Thing is... He showed last year he can be a big help in the strikeout department. And even this season, even with his struggles, he's more than a K per inning. And he's finally coming off a good start. By far the best start of the season for him. No earned runs allowed. Season high six innings while striking out a season high eight batters. And due to the overall numbers so far, he likely isn't going to be going for a ton of fab either. 15 to 20 might be able to get it done here. He does pitch tonight though. And if he has another strong outing, the numbers could certainly rise into that 40 to 45 range for pitcher-hungry owners. I'll say this, though. Even if the overall numbers don't look good, if the strikeouts are still there as they have been, I'd still place the bid on him. Even if you're not going to use him right away, this is a guy you want on your roster. Because if he does string together a number of good starts with high strikeout numbers, suddenly he's going to be going for a lot more fab than he will be right now. Absolutely. I know that... We were optimistic about Pavetta. A lot of other, pe- a handful of other people were too, because last year he had a 27% strikeout rate, and he was available past pick 300. That's a very rare combination to see that many Ks available uh, after that pick with a guaranteed rotation spot. The bad ERA, the the blowups, some of the high walks this year—they're going to turn people away from Pavetta. But there is still that high strikeout b- ability. Now you can pick him up and put him on your bench if you're worried about his performance, but the strikeout upside is just not really available on the waiver wire, and Nick Pavetta does bring that, so he is kind of a rare commodity. I'm with you there. How about a catcher in Danny Jansen? 
began a rehab assignment this week, should join the Blue Jays as early as this weekend, as late as early next week, hitting the ball well in the early going this season before the injury, and he's certainly the favorite to still get the majority of time behind the plate, a catcher upon his return, hitting in that Blue Jays lineup plenty of run producing opportunities and if you're in a 12 team two catcher league he is a must own if you play in those leagues that don't have il spots or someone had too many players on their il already and dropped him he's a must add here absolutely this is an opportunity to uh, get some sort of investment in the toronto blue jays offense which is going to look a lot better now that Teoscar hernandez is back and they're starting to get going they're going to start to get going uh, with Jansen, I was able to pick him up in a league uh, this week and just plug him in, even though he was injured, just in advance that he would get healthy again. Uh, dump Jonah Heim of Texas for him. And uh, yeah, he's not a great hitter per se, but he's going to probably hit a 12 to 15 home run pace with a 230 average. And most importantly, Lou, I think his defense is instrumental for the Blue Jays' success. So I think he is going to play about five days a week or so. I think he should, and they can still keep Kirk's bat in the lineup if they want at the DH spot. So yep. it's not like uh, it's not like they have to decide necessarily between Kirk or Jansen at this point either. Um, I think Danny Jansen could actually be better than even the numbers that you listed. I think he's one of those guys that's taken a little bit of time to really get going at the major league level, but there's potential there. I agree. I uh, Sometimes I, I undersell players' numbers just because I want to be as realistic as possible, but he certainly could exceed those expectations. And if the Blue Jays' offense gets humming, which they will, I mean, I mean to say when the Blue Jays' offense gets humming, he's going to fall into ribbies and runs. So I like this pickup a lot. All right, well, let's move things over to our 15-team league ads. We'll start with another pitcher here, Jake Odorizzi off to a really crappy start this season, Lucas. Um, was even possibly going to lose his rotation spot. Instead, he's now made three great starts in a row, allowing just one run in 17 and two-thirds innings. And with guys like Detmers and Kirby out there on the wire this week, even Pavetta, Odorizzi could fly under the radar here. He's going to look to make it four strong starts in a row Saturday night against the Washington Nationals. I'll probably put in a bid here, maybe not more than 22, 23, maybe even more so as a backup bid to a Detmers to a Kirby, but I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, you know, I can certainly kind of understand the appeal. He does play for a good team, um, and, you know, you're just hoping to steal five solid innings and, and get away with it and maybe pray for a win, but uh, not a huge Odorizzi fan. I can understand it, but... Uh, Probably won't go there unless I'm in desperate need. All right. How about third baseman Evan Longoria from the Giants? Off the IL, should see consistent playing time at third base, hit in the middle of the Giants order. Likely nothing more than a compiler at this point, but regular bats is something that shouldn't be ignored in 15-team leagues. And if you look at his 162-game average from last year, it would have been 90 runs, 26 homers, and 92 RBI. So clearly, <laughs> there's still something left in this 36-year-old's bat. The overall numbers don't look good, but if you notice he did it in just 81 games, suddenly they look very good. Yeah, I know that you said he's a compiler, and i uh, going to kind of slightly disagree with you there. Last year, he had his highest WRC plus of his, season, of his career since 2012. Now, am I going to say that's going to repeat? Absolutely not. But at a 123 WRC plus for a guy that was available past pick 400 in a lot of drafts, 
coming back off injury, getting put it into a really nice lineup. I like it. Um, 250 batting average with like a 18 to 20 home run pace is kind of what I would expect with Longoria. Now, if he struggles, there is an opportunity he gets platooned a little bit or takes some breaks here and there since he is uh, going to be turning 37 in October this year. But, uh, you know, if you need an, a jolt of offense, kind of like similar to a Yandy Diaz pickup, that's kind of the level of, of production I would expect from Longoria, just a nice little run producer. That's not going to uh, screw up your batting average. I, I do like Longoria as a sneaky corner infield pickup. Could be, could be a good one. And yeah, when I said compiler, I was more yeah. so saying that I think that's the image that people have of him. I didn't word that correctly. That's true. Um, and it's kind of the image that I had until I dove a little deeper. Until I saw, well, really, you know, he was incredibly productive in the short amount of uh game just half a season so uh definitely yeah, something well, to consider even if he's not as good as he was last year middle of the order uh guy that's been there done that more than proven himself yeah i mean last year he had a 55 percent hard hit rate which is really elite he had a 13 and a half percent barrel rate which is up there with some premium power hitters and not only did you see him have a nice career renaissance but you saw it from brandon belt and Brandon Crawford, so this coaching staff up there and the Giants really can figure some things out with their veterans and yeah, their pitching, obviously. Definitely, Giants veterans getting it done. So this next guy here, Absolutely. relief pitcher, really just came onto my radar earlier this week. Felix Bautista of the Orioles, kind of the next man up for saves in Baltimore, it looks like. You can never have enough saves, especially in a 15 or 20 team league. And he hasn't allowed an earned run in his past six appearances. His past two appearances have resulted in him converting save opportunities, striking out more than a batter per inning, currently has a 2-1-3 ERA, 1.11 whip. Those are closer type numbers. And it might be Baltimore. They might end up being a last place team, but someone's got to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I kind of think that Jorge Lopez is just going to come in in the most important situations and try to get some outs because he's looked pretty decent this year. I'm not going to say he's been great, but he's been good. And I think this Felix Bautista, he was kind of off my radar till you had sent me the show outline. And obviously he, he had received some saves, so he was garnering up some attention. I think that he's just going to factor into the occasional save here and there, but he looks like a okay pitcher. So, you know, if you're desperate for a save, they do get seven games next week. It's tough, though, because they are playing up against the Yankees and the Rays. But, you know, maybe they can squeak out one or two wins and he gets a save and Jorge Lopez gets the other. And if you walk away next week with one save from Felix Bautista, you might feel pretty good if you're desperate. I mean, there's also the chance that you're right. They go 0-7 next week against those two teams. <laughs> um, anything's possible. But I definitely have liked the way he's pitched so far. Um, yeah. I believe he's younger, significantly younger than Lopez as well. Uh, so maybe he does get kind of a fair shake, a good look. And I guess we'll see. But I always like pointing out guys that kind of get saves. And not just one, but then get the next opportunity and they convert them. Uh, they're always people to keep an eye on. Man, I'm surprised. Jorge Lopez is not even 30 years old yet. It feels like he's about 32 and had about seven teams, but that's not the case. No, what is he, like 28, 29? Uh, 20, 29, and Bautista is 26. Okay, there you go. I thought Bautista was maybe 24, 25, but either way, um, the age factor really isn't a big thing. It's just something that uh, kind of came to my head here in the moment. Outfielder Kyle Lewis of the Mariners. He's coming back. 
Haniger's out for months. Kalenic struggling. Mariners overall struggling. Lewis has a good chance to make an immediate impact if he could just stay healthy. He's hit the ball well in his rehab assignment. He's played games in the outfield. He's played games as DH. The fact that he isn't injured after playing in the outfield, certainly a positive sign here, but he's going to get playing time. So I would look to add this guy. Yeah, last week, similarly, we kind of called out Luke Voigt as a preemptive coming off rehab pickup, and hey, he delivered a home run. Uh, Kyle Lewis, on the other hand, is he going to have as much power? No, but getting ahead of the curve here, I do like this addition. And his rehab starts at AAA Tacoma for Seattle. They've given him quite a handful of days off. I would envision that's going to be the case in the MLB side because he has had a long checkered history with injuries. But as far as a potential power hitter that's going to be hitting anywhere between the five through six slot, I would guess. I do like him as an addition if you need an outfielder. And if he gets hot uh, as a few more weeks go by and he gets a little bit more buildup wear and tear on his knee, I think that he could see a little bit more playing time. But I think they might slow roll him at first just to preserve his health, Lou. I think you definitely could be on to something there, my man. How about infielder Joey Wendell of the Marlins? Hitting for average, has a good on-base percentage, playing every day for basically the first time in his career, or the first time in a few years at least. He's already swiped four bags already this season too. I love him in the daily leagues because of the positional eligibility, but honestly, he's becoming valuable in weekly leagues too. It was 40 years ago already, but he did swipe 16 bases that season, a season in which he saw regular playing time just like he is now. So this might be a guy that can steal you 13, 14, 15 bases hidden, hit for average. Um, I would take that type of player in a 15-team league pretty much everywhere. Yeah, this is a player that I'm actually really thrilled to talk about. The other guys are, are have some intrigue, but as far as the 15-team ads, I think Joey Wendell is a really nice name. Obviously, he has the dual eligibility, and he's working towards adding second base at some point this summer with a few appearances. But uh, as far as you know, dual eligibility corner and middle infield, steal some bases, the average is not going to hurt you, and in fact, it could help you. The thing that was a huge selling point for me, Lou, was that I did notice that there's only a handful of lefties in their division. So even though he, yes, he is a platoon hitter, that's not going to affect him as much. So a uh, little bit of power, a uh, little bit of speed, and some decent average and some run scored since he's quite an athlete. I like Joey Wendell. As do I. Let's move over to the Adam Cutham segment before we wrap this up. What do you got here this week? Yeah, my cut him is uh, tough, and I'm trying to really give some borderline guys that are tough decisions. I don't want to just throw out an injured guy or something like that. Last week, we put uh, Kyle Hendricks out there. He has kind of been up and down, but did have a good performance, so you are going to get burned on some of these, but I think you might want to look into cutting Aaron Ashby. Uh, the walk rate has just been horrible at a 16% walk rate. I know he's getting some strikeouts at 23.5%. But, you know, is he going to start? Is he going to kind of relieve? It's up in the air from time to time. And I don't know. I just think with the amount of walks that he's giving up, I think he needs to go. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there, man. Um, not that there isn't some potential there, but it's just it's just not doing it for me at this point. Yeah, he he's unstartable, and he should kind of be looked at as a stash at this point. And if you can't afford that, let him go. If you truly believe in the talent, 
feel free to just keep him. But I think he is one of those borderline players. All right. What else you got here? Yes. Um, now, as far as my ads this week, uh, I got two good ones here. Two pirates, in fact. Uh, one is a bit more of an interesting name, so I'll put him out there first. If you can't afford uh, George Kirby or whenever Max Meyer of the Miami Marlins comes up, you might want to look into getting into the high-end pitching game a little bit cheaper, and you might want to keep an eye on Ronzi Contreras. Uh, he's starting to get his bulk built up a little bit in the minor leagues. He was only going a few innings um, at first with a, with a three-inning uh, performance to kind of start off the year, but they built him up to four innings, and he is going to get the start today. So if he goes past four innings closer to five, I think they are going to be building him up to come up to the majors. If he was drafted and dropped, you can probably get him for a few dollars this weekend. And I do like him as a stash because I think Pittsburgh could bring him up soon. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, there's it's only there's only so much more he would need to prove, right? Yeah, and I think that you know he's not an elite prospect where they're going to try to manipulate his years, and they wouldn't do that anyways because his arm could blow out, and those future years could be murky anyway so i think that pittsburgh is going to give him a good look and i think the strikeout stuff is certainly there with Contreras. i would say so i would say so man i mean i'm looking at it right now uh career in the minor leagues has been pretty good i mean before he was traded from the yankee system to the pirate system the era was always good the whip was always good. The K per nine was a little down, but then getting to Pittsburgh after the lockout in 2020, uh, really big improvements in 2021 at the minor league level, carry that into, I mean, it was only a few innings in 2021, but then this year in the minor leagues, again, 13.9 K per nine um, has pitched a little bit in the big leagues, 11.7 K per nine. I'm all over that. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, this guy throws 97, 98 miles an hour, has a decent bit of control, good curveball, good slider. The question is, is are you going to pick him up and they're going to keep him in AAA Indy? And if they do that, it's tough. But as a as a one to you know ten dollar ad in a spec, uh, he's not going to cost you a whole lot outside of a roster spot, which I do know are precious. But he is a shot at upside. Yes, sir. All right, go with what you were doing before I so rudely interrupted you. Well, you know, this is a, a lot less exciting of a name than Ronzi Contreras. But if you're looking for some everyday at-bats uh, with a little bit of pop, occasional speed, you know, I think Ben Gamble's worth a shot. I know a lot of people might roll their eyes at this call, and I certainly get that. It's not like he has a decorated history of success. But, um, yeah, he's going to be playing every day for Pittsburgh. Uh, he's dropped down the strikeout rate a lot. He walks over double-digit percent of the time, so he has the ability to get on base to steal bags and a little bit of power. Biggest selling point is playing time and the fact that he's a okay enough hitter to sustain some playing time. So he's not a platoon hitter either, which is a huge benefit since there are so many of those out there. So I do like Ben Gamble as just kind of a boring you know, addition to the to the uh, depth and the bench of your team. Playing time is playing time, even if you're yep. a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Absolutely. Just ask those who invested in Dan Vogelbach and are benefiting from that. Yeah. Didn't we talk about Vogelbach recently? Yes, we did. So there, there you go. Uh, he's been good. Gamble won't be as good as that. He doesn't have that pop. Um, I think he did hit double-digit homers a few years ago. 
um, his first time ever getting full time at bat. So maybe he can do that again, uh, but doesn't really possess that much speed. Uh, if he even hits 270, though, with double digit homers, he could be useful when you have some injuries. Yeah, I, I do think that there is a little bit of speed there. Now he is 29 at this point. He's going to be turning 30 here in about three or four days. Um, but I, I liked him as a Yankees farmhand, and he's just kind of been that fourth outfielder for a long time. Pittsburgh's looking to add some adults in the room. They're looking to just, you know, have some respectability, maybe win 70 games and, and not get destroyed. And I think that for a veteran, this is a good opportunity for him to to play every day and to lead some younger players to better success i'm with you there you got anything else for the adam and the cut him uh we wanted to throw out a faux pas last week we get tons of calls wrong we get plenty rights and uh you know Waskari noah gonna absolutely take a loss on that one he keeps getting beat up in triple a and it sucks because we do have him in a dynasty league but uh you know there's some issues going on with him and uh i think you can cut bait from him at this point unfortunately yeah, unless you're in that di- dynasty format and you can uh, stash him in the minors or something, he definitely is not deserving of a roster spot in redraft. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're gonna have to put our money where our mouth is and kind of let him go. I think this weekend, unfortunately. Well, you shouldn't have said that so publicly because there's people in our league who might be like, "Oh, we'll <laughs> toss you." A, they may have tossed us a sixth or seventh round or something. Now they'll toss us nothing and just get him for free. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Anything else, man? Any Adams, any Cuttums, any other players we might have missed? Oh, no, I think just obviously uh, keep working. It's barely a sliver of the season is gone. I know it feels like over a month has has passed, but you know some teams have experienced insane starts. Some teams have experienced the coldest of starts, and it's all going to kind of even out a little bit. Not fully, but... Uh, just keep working that waiver wire. Keep making sure your lineup is set to the best of your ability with playing time and, and even some weather kind of looked at. Uh, and keep going. There will be teams that quit once football gets started. It happens every year. And if you can just stay locked in all year, you're going to have a good shot at the cash or maybe even a championship if, you, if you're lucky. I'm with you there, man. This has been the Lucas Baseball Podcast brought to you by Dr. Roto.com. I'm Lou Landers. That's Lucas Beery. Thanks for tuning in to Lucas Baseball. We'll catch you next time.